Hello, residents of Meebletown. This is Dean. Johnny Topless. And today, yowzers. And today we're going to be talking about lots of different games. We're going to be... Oh, man. John is going crazy right now. We are going to be talking about the Meebletown number one, two, and three game of the year for 2022. So thanks for joining us for episode 120. All right, residents of Meeple Town, if you were here right now, you would see Dean. I have not thought of anything. Like, I was in in another world. I, I, this is the first time, episode 120, that I've completely dropped the ball, I think. Is that right? Yeah. I'd be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I'd also be surprised. We've talked about this before. You don't keep a list of all of the Johnny names. Maybe no. if somebody wants to, <laughs> I've done I've done that one before. Yeah, I thought so. Okay, yeah. did I, you know you've done that one before? Yeah, I just because every time I say Johnny Top List really fast, you think it sounds like Topless, and so that oh I, that is you didn't say Top List this time though, right? No, I said Top List. Yeah, like what, that. Did you? Oh, you did. Okay, I said it to where oh, it was kind of hard, to, and what I got distracted by myself because I did lift my shirt up and showed Dean my manly shirt maybe we should talk pectorals. about what john's wearing and right dean now. was getting hot and bothered if you were here right now you <laughs> would see dean with the red face slightly flushed and he's fanning himself do you know we don't have a light on in the in the studio which never happens we always have lights on in here wow we even played a game this morning and we don't have a light on in here that's just uh so you don't know if my kinda, face is just kind of setting the mood <laughs> yeah uh, you have no which idea is, <clears throat> which is interesting because i literally told my whole family off yeah yesterday because for some reason in the mornings they don't like to turn lights on they just sit around in the dark because they don't like most of my family doesn't like the mornings. and you want it on yeah you i'm like the turn on. the light on i got to get my shoes on i flip it on like what are you guys doing that's bizarre what kind, of, what kind of person are you and you didn't say anything about playing an entire game I, no it's like a five minute game. i know i'm surprised no there but is it's a, not that dark in no here. it's not it's not that that uh, sun is pretty bright today which yeah. is nice that's not been the case a whole lot lately. It feels, so. it feels almost springy. You know? It does. It does. And it's going to be a little warmer. So I don't I think we're getting any snow in Meeple Town anytime soon. Yeah, my kids got out. We are both our kids and your wife and my wife actually <laughs> uh, got out of school a couple of days last week for nothing, absolutely nothing, nothing. And I don't think that's happening again. What's, well, is, it, that, is that like a gimme? Is that like we have all these snow days built in? Yeah, let's 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 give them something. I think so. I think it is, and what it does for us is it throws us off. <laughs> yeah, we're a week behind. Sorry, y'all. Well, and it's because of the the great snow ice storm of 2022 that never that never happened. That never happened. That's why we are a week late. There it is. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, there's some other things that that uh, have taken place. Yeah, that yeah, were yeah. busy. We talking about that next podcast. We, we could have made it work, though. I think had it not been for the the ice storm, probably. <laughs> I, I'm not calling it the ice storm. I don't know what to call it. The the no, it was nothing. It was the nothing. The day of nothing. Yeah. But I think you're right. I think I what 13 built-in school days or something like that. There's no way that we're using them. We never use them even on when we get a lot of snow. So if you were out there and you're a teacher or actually a, you know, a district admin or something, if you're listening, hey, because a lot of teachers and school folks play board games, let us know. I want to know the thought process behind it. Is, it. is it we don't want teachers to be upset that we haven't you know, used any snow days? Is it that we want snow days just as much as everybody else does? 
and what the heck we haven't used any let's just take one off because the superintendent <laughs> i watched the video did you like there was a video on facebook i think they posted of him saying it's a snow day and he had his two kids next to him and they were all cheering and i oh, thought no, i didn't see that i okay. thought i'm guessing he likes one just as much as all of us they still work though yeah, the, but then they don't have to deal with the all central the... office people still work. So I don't know. It's funny that you didn't give the option of that they were concerned about our children's safety. Mm, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, I think that there. I mean, it, it did. Yeah, I mean, there's. It, it didn't. It didn't do anything. It rained a little. Yeah. Well, and they, and they canceled it the night before. We had some ice. Did you not have any ice on your windshield? Uh yes. I had ice on my windshield this morning yeah. though, and it. Yeah. It's gonna be sixty today. Sixties, I think. I think that's right. Well. That's a, I just, that's a, I just yeah. want to know, like, what real? I mean, I want someone to be honest. Is it well, the kids' safety? I don't know if that's it. You don't think they care about Rejected. the kids? No, they care about the kids. They oh, I think don't. they care about the kids, but I think that I think if we had used ten snow days, there's no way we would have used that. Would have been snow day last week. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But because there's hasn't used any, yeah, we go ahead and do that, which and is we, cool, and we probably won't. I'm and not complaining about it. I I think that's. You know, great for my kids, but I just—I'm just curious if anyone will admit it. That's kind of my—I mm. just love to hear someone go. You know, we just hadn't really used any, and we wanted to. Yeah, I doubt anyone will. Who knows? Who knows? You know what I'm—I'm I'm curious about more than that is how many polls we have this week because you did a poll on a poll, and there's been polls on your poll polls that has have there? popped up on the guilds. I think people wow. want to know how many. How many? What's the limit? What's the limit of the polls? Have you seen that one on there? I'm actually, I don't have a poll. Oh, up, I so. did see. Yeah, hold up. I haven't actually opened it yet. I saw it as I was pulling up. Oh, let's go there. I think people only want one poll is what I think. But I suggested that maybe we do a podcast based on just polls. Not even board game polls necessarily, just just polls. I don't see what you're talking about. Was it on? It's uh, here, here it is. So here's the, here's the question. This was, this was uh, Slacker Joe. Joe K. put this on here. All right. Since the subject of polls comes up so often, I thought I'd make a poll about how many polls people would like to hear discussed each podcast okay. episode. Sounds good. None, one, two, or three or more. Hey, this is fun. I'm, do it to me. Rules are reversed. Yeah, go ahead. What do you think? None, one, two. Oh, let me, there's other options with this kind of. So none, polls are pointless. Just get just get to the games already. Mm-hmm. That's what people want. Okay, no, that's not one it. a single poll. <laughs> that's not it for us. That's not that doesn't not get it. our vote. I'll I tell you that. I don't think I don't think many people voted for that. It's possible, but I just I just don't. Go ahead. Okay, one a single poll adds some nice flavor to the opening segment of the podcast. Two, one board gaming related poll plus one non board gaming related poll per podcast would be fun. So they sh- shook it up a little bit there. Okay, and the last option is three or more. There will be. Uh, this will be what differentiates Maple Maple Town. I I need to be able to read to be able to do this. I think this yeah, will be what dropping the ball here. differentiates Maple Town from all the other board game podcast. Uh, one. When you put it that way, I would have voted three or more. I didn't vote on this one. Okay, you say it one. might be two though because people. Uh, but I'll say one. One is the correct answer. Fifty six point eight percent of the votes. Got that. The What's next it? one was two. That's right. Mm-hmm. Two two was the next one. Because there there's some people that really like our nonsense polls, and then I think there's probably people who don't care for them. One person put none. Poles, polls are pointless. It's fine. You can't see who put these on here, right? Does it does it ha- yeah, reveal yourself? How many coward. Vo- how many votes? How many votes? <laughs> see, you're getting angry. Something about polls that rile people up. What did people say? Uh how many vo- do you have any idea how many votes there were? 
37. Okay. Uh, this was only posted on the guild. Yeah. That, I, that I'm aware of. Okay. Um, so only one person out of 37 said n- none. That's a sh- great percentage. Mm-hmm. So I, absolutely 36 out of 37 people want at least one poll. Yeah, I mean, we're not, we don't care about the one person that's, that, I don't mean no. we don't care, but I mean, that's just, that's just the way, it, that's just what we're going to do. So here's what I think though. Let me, let me not t- to delay this any longer, but if there was another option, I, as the first comment on there said, no option to be just a poll podcast, all polls all the time. That got seven likes. So I'm going to count those as votes. So I'm going to say that's the number three answer. And, and Eric Weiborg said, just a smiley, as he put a smiley face, just a smiley is too short to be accepted, but that was the intent of this super long message. So we do, we start another podcast that's just called John and Dean's Polls, and we just do Maybe we should come up with a different name. polls all day. That's it. That's all we do. Evan Halbert said, I stole a droll poll about a poll hole. <laughs> We could call that the podcast. <clears throat> that that could be the podcast. There would there would have to be a building of a poll audience though, because if you're doing it just on polls, we need more than thirty seven votes. You know. Well, we would. Oh, shoot. If, what is, if that was the whole phone If that was the whole purpose of oh. it, we would we for sure would get more. I'm actually going to look this up. Podcast about polls. Let's see if there's a poll podcast out there. There's a whole podcast about poll poll hub podcast. I would call it pole position. Okay, they might. That's, we might that draw in some right? racing fans. Yeah, and and then you know then they would be hooked. They would say this racing thing is stupid, but these polls they've got something here. I have no desire to watch NASCAR or any other racing for that matter. <laughs> well, we probably would not do any of those then. All right. Well, that's all I got. Pole hub. Okay, so the poll position. This is actually begins it's a, today. It's a podcast about the science behind polling. Yeah, that's it's stupid. No, we just we need <laughs> random. We just need random polls. Okay, yeah, it's all other like voting election podcasts. We don't want that. We want nonsense polls. So maybe stay tuned for Meeple Town Poll Podcast. So, so my poll friend position. texts me. Emma calls me and I say, hey, I'm recording my podcast. And his response is, meeple steeple, question mark. Ooh, okay. Hey, that would be good. Like some ministers that play board games and they call it meeple steeple. Dice Tower has the... Uh, That's kind of an interesting... Steeple? We probably couldn't talk. Dice well, never mind. I better, I don't know. I better not get myself in trouble. Okay. All right, so let's do my poll. Okay. Um. <clears throat> so this comes from a game that will be on our top three list and we'll get there. Right. Do we, do we want to talk about weeds? I guess we have to wait playing this game, loving the heck out of it. And it's super expensive. And so that is why I thought about this. Ready? Okay. How much is too much for a board game? Mm-hmm. I put in parentheses, clarifying comments appreciated. So if someone says, because I mean, it's hard just to kind of throw some numbers out there. Yeah. $75, 150, over 200, 200 or more, mm-hmm. or nothing is too much. Okay. Ooh. Wow. I, I know that it's, it's, a, it's a tough thing to bring up because there are certain people, and almost anyone would probably say, if I really want it and it's amazing, right, right. then nothing's too much. Like, I could, I mean, you know, 
or maybe someone who put 150 or 200 would or 75 would be willing to pay 120 you know if they loved it loved it but i'm just saying in general is kind of what my thought was is like yeah and maybe i should have said in general how much i think you had the funny thing is we don't often talk about the poll questions usually just post them and then i figure it out yeah right this one we talked about and deliberated yeah. about for, mm-hmm. for a while, trying to figure it's, out. It's the, one of the best questions. <laughs> to me, one of the more interesting ones that we've done. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say, mm, this is a tough one. I'm going to say the, maybe this is silly. Ah, it, it, you psych our, yourself out. If our listeners. Are you a good test taker? Do any. <clears throat> no, I'm not. I'm a terrible test taker. It's because you, because you you can see all sides. Like you're a peacemaker. Mm-hmm. You can see all sides. And so you're like, probably like, mm, but that, mm, but it could be that. And you start thinking about it too much. Um, yeah. So uh, I will say it's probably 150, but I'm going to, that's not going to be my vote. My vote is going to be, <laughs> my vote's going to be nothing is too much. That's crazy, isn't it? That's not right. 200. Nope, it was 150. (laughs) Should have gone with your gut. (laughs) I think the people who say nothing is too much are the ones that were most vocal. Maybe I should have said that. Is that right? Um, Actually, I'm sorry. Nothing is... I was looking just at Twitter. Nothing is too much is last place. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, but were they the most vocal, though? I don't know. Who made the most comments on there? Well, let me see. Let me see first. Um, Because I'll count that as a win. (laughs) I'll put that in my app as a win if more people... Okay, so I do that a lot. I talk myself out of the right answer. Yeah, you do it all the time. That's why I was. At, that's why I asked if you. Well, okay. Let me just give it in the order, and then we'll start looking, talking about the comments. Okay, one fifty was fifty percent, so huge win. Then two hundred was twenty two percent, twenty two point three or whatever. Eighteen percent for seventy. Are you surprised? Seventy five. Are you surprised by that? That almost twenty percent of people said seventy five dollars is too much. Well. Yes, I am, I guess. But it also, in a way, it doesn't surprise me because it, we do have a lot of Euro gamer people. And so that the expectation is it really needs to be 50 or less or maybe 60, 60 or less. Or less yeah, that's what I, I, there's more people. And then it was 9% only said nothing is too much. But I think that there is a, a decent amount of people that yeah, they want wooden meeples, like you said, Euro game. And then they don't care about minis. They don't want minis. They just want to pay 60 50 60 bucks for a game and when you hit that 75 plus it's kind of like oh do i really want this one it doesn't it doesn't compute don't want minis. i don't don't understand that it does not compute okay wait did somebody somebody had made a comment about was this part of this poll somebody made a comment about the (laughs) my essential edition of anachrony would be just the minis (laughs) I don't, maybe that wasn't this poll at all, was it? I don't I know. I guess it wasn't. Okay. Okay. Well, no, I thought wow, that was a really funny a, comment. This got a decent amount of comments here. Okay. Um, Peter Schott says that he was leaning, even with inflation, at $75. Had better be an amazing experience. Mm. So, like, if you're going to spend 75 bucks on a game, um, then it has to be really good. Um, tends to He tends to stop closer to $50. Or wait for retail, which I'm honestly, Peter, I'm, I'm, I am probably more in that lane of where you're at. Stephen O'Rourke, what do you think he put? He is a, uh, he's, he's a lower end too. Yep. He doesn't, he's not going to spend a lot of money on you. He said 75 is too much. So we're actually having a decent amount of comments about 
the lower as well. He said he might go up to 60 or 70 um, if it's for the right game, but that's it would be extremely rare that he would consider it for that. Um, and he does make the, the, the comment that I have this kind of issue too about limited games are limited by the storage space yep, yep. and the frequency of how you play it. And so, you know, that does factor in because when I want that, you know, suburbia collector's edition, that number one, it's expensive. Number two, it takes up a bunch of shelf space. So oftentimes it doesn't happen. Right, like I've got Snedonia right. Deluxe Master Set, and I'm kind of like, oh, I love that game, but man, that takes up a lot of shelf space. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was one of my more expensive. What was that? Probably one twenty or forty or something like that. I can't remember. And the funny thing is, like, how much of that do you play to? With that expansion, you know, they've got an expansion announced for that. You know, I am about games. I don't know if I will consider that just because I'm not anywhere near scratching the surface on that, especially okay. because. If you haven't played in a while, you're like, oh, I don't want to add in all this expansion stuff. If I mm-hmm. played it as a legacy type game, then I might do that. And there are games that I do that for. One one game that I'm getting a lot of the content used out of it is that Marvel um, uh, Marvel United. Yeah. That has all the different expansion stuff. We throw a lot of that stuff in, and so that's that, that's one. Is that the little cartoony? Yes. Chibi or the, whatever that yeah, is. Yeah, the, the Chibi minis or yeah, whatever. That's what I thought. There's a third campaign going on right now, but right now I'm not. Backing not backing it, it. So, yeah so, i was sorry darren you're listening to this and you're like what you said you were but i in your face darren it's, it's too much now i think too wow, much dean stuff. just dean just proverbial slapped you over the radio face Oof. but it's what do you a think great topher game? said topher topher likes some he, he's he's good spending a little bit more money on games he's got some bigger games so he's got like he a, said? all the memoir 44 stuff and uh, one fifty or two hundred. Two hundred. Okay. Yeah. Says he can imagine one fifty to one seventy five, kind of being within his purchasing limit, and also he doesn't normally spend one fifty on a game, but it's not outside the scope of like reality. If there's mm-hmm. deluxified games and stuff like that, which I yeah I totally get that. Um, I would say if I'm I'm throwing going out on a limb, I would say if Topher lived in our area, he lives in on the west coast in the United States, mm-hmm. which is a long ways from here. I think he would be somebody I would want a game with all the time because wow. he, he plays a lot of different types of games. And we we have some of the same, like he'll message me and say, hey, I'm playing uh, Abomination or playing, you know, some of those games that are really thematic that not everybody wants to play with me. So mm-hmm. Topher moved to Nashville. Well, yeah, there you go. Uh, Michael Davis said most of his gifts games are gifts, so he doesn't usually go over kind of the 75 um of course, there's he has games that um, are over a hundred dollars and stuff like that. Like there are some, especially maybe over two hundred if you start including expansions, right? And puts Small World and Cyclades and stuff like that. So Dominion, there's yeah. a lot of those, so there is there is those there there are those that start off as seventy five dollars or whatever, but then or even fifty bucks or something for Small World or forty, mm-hmm. and then at the if you love it you. I've spent $150, $200 on this game over time. But I like that model better because then you're like, I I can pick and choose what I want. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to make this huge upfront investment of $200 not even knowing if I like the game. So Small World, I know I like the game. So I'm going to pick up some expansions, might pick up some more. You know, like that's, I like that. Yeah, so... uh, Although Dominion is, there's a bazillion expansions for that. Man, there's a lot of other good, but we could talk about this all day long. Sorry, Matt and Jamie and read, read Nick Matt's, Hayes. Because I left Matt's off the last one. you got to read Matt's Pope comment. Lando. 
Oh, you left Matt's off the last one. Okay, left Matt's, right. Matt Walker's off the last one. Matt's on this one now. Um, typically, I budget for a game a month. I, Matt, <clears throat> I as well. The, I mean, like, that's what I, I, I do, except for with, like, Patreon and stuff. Usually, Dean and I, every other month, I can get a game or something like that mm-hmm. if we spend it. Um, yeah, so, but for me personally, it's about a game a month besides, like, Christmas where I will try to get a little haul in. Um, even my wife's going to get me a couple of games for Valentine's Day that I picked up for myself. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to talk about those. Okay. <clears throat> Baseball and football highlights, the dice game. Oh, yeah. Hey. Yeah. Um, anyways, in December, he paid for Foundations of Rome, mm-hmm. everything, ever pledge. Well, I can tell you it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this <laughs> one because it was very well received, and I like the pretties. How about that? Yep. In January, I pledged Fit to Print because it's very reasonably priced and tested um, publishers. Man, that one looks beautiful. Have you seen that one? Mm-mm. I want to play that. I'll check it out. And he's tempted to buy the Marvel United Multiverse Madness. Um, the problem with that is I don't. Well, nah, I'm gonna. I can go off on a rant on that. Sorry. And I, I really want the Civil War stuff that's in there. It looks so cool, but I don't know if I'll. I don't know what I'll do. I'll probably go all in. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my But gosh. I don't want all the multiverse so, stuff. Okay, let, let me ask anyway. you this question. Do you and your wife give each other an allowance? Yes. Is that what you spend board games on? Or do you sometimes, like, for example, if there's a $150, whatever, you just buy it and she's cool with that? No, it's it's allowance money that we have. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's how, that's how we do. and But that I don't give myself that much allowance, so it's hard for me to drop, like, my whole... Sh- month of allowance right right on one board game like i mean i do carry over from month to month if i don't buy stuff but so okay it's funny because i make this joke a lot when i look at the stuff that i backed i didn't back that much last year um especially those big projects it was it was under six i think um and i also sold a decent amount of stuff last year and so i just used that to pay for whatever after that so um, I have gone through periods of time where it's been much crazier, but I've really slowed down quite a bit. That's a good thought. Maybe I'll do that. For a poll? No. I, we'll, we'll get there when we talk about the game that made the list. Maybe Ooh. I will sell, take everything that I sell at Tennessee Game Days and just buy it. You should. Just you buy should. the Big Daddy and say, that's what this is going towards. That's a good idea. That's a great idea. Well, you'll know what yep. we're talking about. You might already know what we're talking about. Who knows? All yep. right. Let's talk, talk about some about games? games. We're going to talk about a couple. We're going to be talking about lots. We need to fly through this, John. Yeah. Ready? We can. The first two will be pretty fast. These are 25th century games games. They sent us a box of games. Like yeah. Six, thank you, 25th century. Six or eight games are in there. Pretty, or it's like pretty that. exciting when you don't request. Yes. And someone just is generous enough to like send you some games. And I know every publisher can't do that because... It's expensive. Yep. Right. But it's it's cool whenever whenever for us, whenever that happens, it's like a nice little surprise. I agree. I agree. Now we've only played two of these together, um, out of the ones we played. So we'll just talk about those. Oh my brain is the first one. This is a Bruno Cathala game. How about that? <coughs> Theo I'm sorry. Rivier is the uh, other designer on this. And in this game, which uh I wish I wish I had the box with me because of the this the uh Text on the back is really funny. I'm, I'm looking on BGG to see if it's the same thing. Basically, you're sitting around this campfire, and these animals come up to you, 
and they start trying to eat your brain. That's that's what the, <laughs> the theme of this game that's is. True. Cute little woodland animals trying to eat your brain. Yeah. But basically, this is a card shedding game, right? Is that uh, sure? Is that I don't know if that's the correct term for it, but you're trying to get rid of the cards in your hand. And how do you do that, John? How do you get rid of the cards in your hand? Well, <laughs> someone starts off. I know I got to remember. I forgot. Go back that's to why this. I, no, I forgot to look at this. I mean, one. we start off with a card that's played that could be a low number. I think they go up to 19, 20, something like that. So from like one to that, I had seventeen in my mind, but you're probably no. There's I'm looking at a nineteen 18. right okay. now on okay. this. So, um, so, so, so let's just say Dean starts off and he plays the two because he's trying to get rid of the lower numbers because you have to play a higher number next, and so you know he's getting rid, trying to get rid of low ones. So you have to then play a number that's higher. Um, but if I had two of the same number in my hand, let's just say I had two threes, then I'm going to give Dean one of them. So it's kind of like. I don't know if you want to say take that, but there, I mean, there's a little bit of like that and it's push your luck because you're like, man, should I play this now? Should I wait and see? Um, because not only do you have cards in your hand, but you have some in your graveyard on a standee and you're going to draw one from the standee. So let's just say I have a three in my hand, but there's one in my graveyard, but Dean just played a two and I know that he's going to play something higher next time. Do I just wait till I get the other three in my hand so I can say, take this, Dean, or do I play the three now? Knowing that there's a three in the graveyard, and wow, that's going to get be hard to get rid of potentially later. Mm-hmm. So that, those are kind of the decisions that you're having. And then there's like a... There's an uh, eight card that makes you play backwards, like the next person has to play... That's right. You know, so if you had the eight, that. you could play the three and then hope he doesn't go higher than eight, and then it could go back lower again. and. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. Some, some of the cards have stuff. these marshmallows on them, which when you get that, you roll a die and, and random stuff happens. But it's but it's pretty not me. I was gonna say it's pretty fun, <laughs> but it's not random for John. You know the exact same what thing every are, time. I, I want to know what the odds of this that now I know every time it's the same odds. There are six faces to this die. There's no duplicates. Six times in a row I rolled the same one. Six times in a row. Which was what? I can't remember what the card was. That you it wasn't made. a good one. Or the die that you... Okay, yeah. It was this both draw card or something. Like, it wasn't like a oh, bad thing for me because you had to do it too. But, like, there's ones that are definitely good. Yeah. Some and, you can steal. So, basically, what you're trying to do is you're trying to get other people to lose all of their brains. So, I might steal mm-hmm. some of your brain. Um, I might be able to... Uh, everyone else discard a piece of their brain or something like that. And, and once... Once somebody loses all of their brains, in this case, a two-player game, then the other person just wins. Yeah, and so if someone goes out in this game, then you lose a brain for every card you still have in your hand and in the graveyard. Mm -hmm. So if Dean goes out way before me, I could lose five brains, and I'm like really in trouble at that point in time. So what do you think? So you've never played Monster Crunch, have you? This was the the Monster Serial game that came out a few years ago. Yeah, I've seen that before, yeah. This game feels a lot like that, but really? this is what I wish that game was, honestly. Um, Monster Crunch is a little too It's a little, chill, it's not enough. Simple. This has this has enough interesting extra cards in there. So, okay. like, you, you mentioned some of them, you know, but the, some cards that reset the pile, some things that will um, allow you to play extra cards, I think. I'm not looking at the all those extra purple cards, but... But anyway, I, I like this game. I thought it was fun. I hate the theme. I don't care anything about the theme. I don't like the box. I don't like the look of the box, but I like the art and the cards. I just wish they would have used some of that art, but at the same time, I wish it could have been a different theme, although maybe this does appeal to a lot of people. But the game itself, I think, is pretty fun. It's just that 
theme means i don't know if i'll play it that much so yeah i agree with you 100 like i i actually really like the art in this game but it seems like kind of kitschy or like something that i would see which i know it makes sense that i might would see in barnes and noble kind of geared towards non-gamers yes you know or something to kind of get them to go oh what is this brain eating game or something like that which i don't normally care about the thing but i honestly i didn't like this one you know like it wasn't like it was. It was just weird. You didn't like the theme. No, the, yeah, the theme. Right. Like I, th- I, I, I thought the game was was cool. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, um, but it's just, it's just, it, it. This is the type of game I want to play with a wide audience, mm-hmm. and just bring out to like friends that don't play a lot of games. And it's like you know, the monsters trying to eat your brain is just kind of, eh. Like I thought, it almost seems like they're trying too hard. Yeah, you know, to to be kind of cool or kitschy or you know, and I just you know, like exploding kittens or something like that. Yeah. Like kind of the, yeah. going that vibe. Like, oh, let's eat brains because exploding kittens went well. So, so like, uh, I, yeah, I didn't like that. The the other issue that I have on this one is you can... Now, in a two-player game, it's not that big of a deal. This game plays 10 to 15 minutes. It actually, I would say, plays longer than that because there is the possibility of king-making. So John mentioned if I play doubles of a card or maybe multiple, you know, three or four of one card, then I can divvy those out to other people. Well, if you're winning, everyone's going to pile up on you, but it's not like awful. It's not awful. You know, like that's not going to happen that much that it's going to delay the game that much, but Mm -hmm. it can be a frustrating experience if that were the case, but it's such a quick game and fun. It's a, it's a light game. I don't know if we said this, but the weight is Mm 1.11. So this won't appeal to everyone listening to a board gaming podcast, but if you do like the theme, I actually think this is a pretty fun game. Yeah. Overall. Yeah, I do too. I do too. And like, I mean, so I'm looking at the ratings. There's only 150, but I mean, that's not nothing. It's not like two people rated it. 7.2. But there are people here that say fun and easy game with cute artwork. Yep. Right? Like, so there, I think that the, I, I do think that the theme will appeal to uh, certain people. And again, the <laughs> art on the cards, I, I really I, like the art on the cards. I do too. I think it's cool. Steph, Steph Hodge gave it a seven here. Yes, said, I get that. Um, simple card game that provides some laughs. Yeah, it's just there's just nothing um, that really made me go wow. It was just like that's cool. Mm-hmm. If someone wants to play it, I'd play it. Yeah, but I'm not gonna probably pick it up or you know be like yeah I can't wait. But I think that there will be people that obviously will this. I mean like the last several people that rated this. I'll get eight, eight point seven, seven, eight, eight, eight point five, eight point five. Mm-hmm. Pinocathal makes good games, and, and that's the thing. You know, we didn't mention that, but Mister Jack Shadows Over Camelot, um, yeah. Seven Wonders Duel, Abyss, the had a hand in the Splendor Duel, I think too. Right? Is that right? I think so. Yeah. Um, could be wrong about that. No, I think you're right. Okay. Anyway, lots of games. I mean, that's just a, the tip of the iceberg for him. So, if that seems like something you would be interested in, check that out. The other light game. Yes was a this is a 1.2 so this actually i would disagree with that if the other one's 1.11 and this is 1.2 i think asia is is lighter than oh for sure it is than the other one so this is a jason levine design Mm -hmm. which i'm assuming is jason levine from the dice tower i don't have any i don't know i don't know if that's the case but i think i I don't know another jason levine his bgg username is two-eyed cyclops is that right i don't yeah yeah that's right i just don't know if that's the same it is it is it's linked to him yeah so this is a set collection game. Now I mentioned sardines a couple months back of of twenty fifth century, and this one has some of those same vibes. But basically, what you're trying to do is you're trying to complete these uh, objectives, 
And you do that by collecting these different um, coin machine things, uh, you know, like those little bubble things, I guess, is what you're collecting. Yeah, it's like it's like you get done eating at a restaurant and they have the little coin things and you just and you're so excited. Yeah. Give me a quarter, mom and dad. I can't wait to see what happens. Yeah. And it's just silly stuff. And it is that way in this game, too, because on your turn, you're either going to draw two cards. Or you're going to complete those objectives with your with your um, reward cards. And if you by the way, if you complete those objectives, sometimes there's tickets on there. And the tickets, if you complete a ticket, so if I get a blue ticket on one and a blue ticket on another one, then I'll get a bonus little chip thing and stuff cool happens with that. But the but the crux of the game is the drawing of the cards because you're going to draw two of them and you don't have perfect information. You have some information, but it might say you've got this, the the this card is either going to have a, whatever that sushi stuff is, a cat or a robot, okay? Mm-hmm. So I draw that card, and I know that it's going to be one of those things, but I don't know which one. And so that's an interesting piece a little bit because, again, imperfect information on the cards that you're drawing. But there's that element of surprise of like, oh, yeah, I got like John just said. You know, I used to collect those little NFL NFL helmets. Oh, yeah. You know, I love those things out of those those bubble machines. And, and in, in Japan, they're even way bigger from my understanding. That's like, what I'm gathering from the theme yeah, of this game. Yeah, is that it's, it's not – like we have some here, but like it's a big deal there, which is really cool. Yeah. So that's that's it for this game for me. I would say this is a this is a cool game. I would say this one has a better theme. And if you like the theme, uh, I actually know somebody who who would really enjoy this. I'm going to give it to them. Not because I didn't enjoy the game. I thought the game was pretty fun for what it is. I just don't need another set collection, you know, quick easy card game. But if, I thought this one was cool. I actually probably preferred this to Sardines. But I'm gonna keep sardines because I think that's a little more approachable. I thought that it was fine. I thought it was a cute game that I could play with my nine year old. Besides that, I wouldn't want to play it. Mm-hmm. And that's not that's not like knocking it. Like it wasn't like I didn't hate it or anything. I was like, okay, there's some decisions to be made. And I mean, I crushed Dean in this game. Yeah, big time. I don't know what the final score was. And you beat was, me and but... oh my brains. Yep. Um, so like I, I did well. It just I, I guess the decision space wasn't that interesting for me. For for you. Yeah. But with your kids, like you said, yeah. I actually think this is another. Both <laughs> of these games could very well be Barnes and Noble games that people pick up, and this could have mass appeal to a lot of people. Gamers I, maybe not like all in. I on agree. This, like I, I could see people that are like really into anime and Japanese culture and stuff. Like really think this was awesome. Mm-hmm. Like a cool little game. And if I was, which I'm not. If I was, I might have more appeal to have the game. Yeah. Like, I like Japanese culture. I just, I'm the anime stuff. I'm just not as, as into. Yeah. So I'm with you. I've been on this big card game kick though. So this was actually pretty cool. I'm, I'm <clears throat> another game, yeah. another, I'm on card game kicks. I'm on roll and write kicks, but I'm also on solo game kicks, which I'm interested to hear what you have to say about this next game. Yeah, there you go. Thanks for teeing me up. Uh, Christmas, I got a couple solo games, uh, Sprawlopolis, Agropolis, which I haven't played Agropolis yet, and Coffee Roaster, which is a game uh, from 20, it's a stronghold game actually from 2015. And I've always, I've heard a lot of things about it in the past. I've heard like, hey, if you just want to fairly quick solo game it's pretty good it's rated 7.4 on bgg which is that's a pretty high rating um and so in this game what you're doing is it's bag building 
So this is also another reason why I thought Dean might be interested in this one. Um, you're trying, you're given cards and you're trying to build a bag over the course of said, not a particular number of rounds. It, you're going to determine when you want to stop building your bag. But it's all about balance. At the end, I'm going to be drawing cards out and it's going to tell me that I need a particular range of beans. And so some of the little bag things that you're building may have like start off with a bunch of uh, green beans <laughs> and they haven't been roasted at all. And so it's you, just like, it's just like bonanza. Yeah. So it could be one, no one, <laughs> two, three or four would be as, as dark roasted as you can before you burn it. And so you're starting off and you're, as you're building your bag, you are like roasting your beans over time, but there's things in your bag. There's condensation, there's bad beans, there's smoke and stuff like that, that can appear in your bag um, that you don't want in there very much, especially whenever it comes to drawing at the end. And whenever you decide the game's over, you're going to draw, like keep drawing them out of the bag and you're going to fill up this uh, section of your coffee board. But when you're drawing the bad things, that's not good, you know, for, what you're trying to accomplish. And so what's interesting, it's all about balance. It's not all about getting the most number fours as possible dark roast. It depends on if that's what you want. You could be doing light roast for that round. And so you don't want a lot of those. And so it's, 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 I thought it was pretty, it's pretty fun. It's, it's, it's challenging. I'm not good at this game. It's challenging to decide when to pull out and say, I'm done because the longer you go, the more smoke gets put into your bag. And the longer you go, every bean can get roasted that round. So <laughs> I've had games where like I'm like, hey, I want to go one more because I want to get rid of some stuff. But then I over-roasted a bunch of my beans and I didn't perform well. Hmm. You have to like pull them out within a particular range gets you perfect points. Like you got to score. You need, you need 15 to get five points. And if you get 14, you get two or something. You know what I mean? Like I, don't, I can't right. remember exactly what it is. But like you're really trying to hit the nail on the head with pulling these out. I think you would really like it, Dean. Yeah, I I, I, I probably would. I want to yeah. try this one a lot. I, I, it's funny because I've never played any of Sashi's games, which Sashi and Sashi does um, this and get on board New York and London. Let's make a bus route. Remember our trip. Wind the film. There's a ton of games. Yep. Wow. I, I want to try this one, but I also it just makes me think I want to try all of all of the games that that they've done. Yeah, it, one thing I really like about this game is you open the box up and it has like a one pager about coffee roasting. And every um in a game you're going to play three different roasts. I think a dark, a light dark and a medium roast. I think that's how it is. And you but what's interesting is it has like whatever type Sumatra or whatever type of bean it is and it has like a whole like two paragraphs about that region and what kind of like it's like you did a really good job of creating a game that also gives information. So if you are like me and you enjoy cups of coffee, which I love coffee, it was a really cool experience. Mm. Um, I w I'm not going to say that I would say you have to run out and buy this. It's amazing. But if you're looking for a solo game that is solid this and you like coffee, I do think it's absolutely worth purchasing. I, it's going to stay in my collection. I'm not like I've played it a few times and I'm not like – Oh, I can't wait to play that again. Like I think like, okay, that was cool. I'm not good at it. I'll play it sometimes. 
I'd probably give it like a seven and a half out of ten or something. Like I think the seven point four is about spot on. Okay, that's really good. Mm-hmm. Gonna, yeah, I'm yeah, it was that. it was it's it was fun. It's a fun experience. Now here's a game. Speaking of solo experiences, this is one I played solo, and I think you need to run out and buy this quickly. Who told me to do that? I, I am so, no, right now. No, so one of our guild members. Remember we talked about this. Said, "Hey John, if oh, you're looking right. for more solo games, you need to play." I think we maybe shouted them out last. I think that's right. Hadrian's Wall. Hadrian's Wall. That's right. Designer Bobby Hill. <laughs> Dang it, Bobby! <laughs> I thought you were going to do that. I was teeing you up for that too. This is a, a Garfield Games game. Uh, I believe uh, Renegade probably puts this out in the U.S. along with. So this is part of the. I forget what that series is called, but it's um, Raiders of Scythia and. This and then the I forget that last one. Something of you, legend. Uh, yeah, I don't. Legacy, legend. legacy of you. I think is what it is. I think that's right. Is that Which out? is it? It's a solo game. Comes out this year. I this think. year. Yeah, yeah. I I'm interested in that. Yet. So this one, I've only played solo. So just that's. But really, it doesn't play that much different when you're playing with other people. It just gives you some more options, and there's some player interaction. A little bit. So on this game, basically you have these two sheets. You are building up, uh, takes place in 122 AD, and you're building up this this wall in in uh, north of Britannia and trying to separate yourself from the, the pick tribes, basically, is, is how this works. Okay? So this game is a draw and write, and you're going to be flip, flip and write, however you want to like call it. I like flip that. and write better than roll and write, usually. There we go. Because it's usually more balanced. Yes. Yeah. And this actually is very balanced. So what's going to happen is you're going to flip over this card and this is going to say, here are the resources that everybody gets for this round, which is different colored meeples. There's red, uh, there's purple, there's yellow, there's, uh, forgetting one. It doesn't matter. Blue and black. There we go too. And then you, and then resources, which are like stone. Okay. So everybody's going to get those resources for this round. You'll also, if you have unlocked some resources for yourself, you'll collect those resources as well. So that's, you know, not everybody's going to get exactly the same, but you're only going to get more if you set yourself up that way. Okay. Okay. Then everyone's going to flip over this card that's going to show your trading thing that you can trade for. Okay. Okay. That's where the player interaction comes in. In a solo game, you can still trade. It just works out a little bit different. I'm not going to go into all the details, so who Mm -hmm. cares? Okay. And then everyone at the same time, or if you're playing solo, okay, you're going to be just taking all the actions that you can take, all right? And you're going to take actions until you just run out of stuff. But it is a triggering type game. So if I unlock this thing, if I build this segment of the wall, it might give me a yellow meeple, which is a citizen. The citizens are going to be used in the different uh, buildings, in the different uh, civic buildings, I guess is what they're okay. called. And... So I might use that over there. Now, when I use this yellow worker in this spot, it's going to open up this. It's going to give me a purple worker. Okay. And I'll take that and I'll have more stuff to work with. And you're going to spend those throughout your turn. You're building buildings on the right side. And those different buildings allow you to get points and different things throughout um, throughout the game. Okay. Yeah. And on the left side, you're building up the wall, but the wall also is giving you different things. And as you build up the wall, you're trying to set yourself up for an invasion that's going to happen at the end of the round. Okay. Because at the end of the round, I just played the easy mode just so I knew how to play this, but there's, this plays over six rounds. The first round, you're going to flip over, I think two cards. Okay. Okay. Uh, Sorry, one card. You flip over one card and it says the invasion comes from the left side. So there's left center and right. If I have a, the X on that left side of the wall, then I'm good. If not, 
then I don't. And I'm going to have some bad stuff where I'm going to lose some points potentially okay. at the end of the game. But you're, there's also ways to mitigate that by paying these debts or whatever they're called uh, throughout the game. Now, here's the cool thing, John. I'm, there is... There's a lot more to this game than what I just said. There's okay. there's gladiators fighting in this game. There's theaters. There's the the baths. Okay. There's trading that happens with interaction with me and and you and I can trade you items and you get resources from doing that. Okay. This game is a game that you're going to absolutely love because one of your favorite games is uh, Roll and Rights. And this is an earlier on one. It's that um, uh, Gone Shon Clever. Gone Gone, gone Shon Clever. Clever. Okay. Yep. This game has some of those feels, but I don't even like you cannot even compare them because that you've got four tracks. This one you probably have, I'm not going to count them, maybe 30, 40 tracks. Okay. And there are sections of this board where you will never even consider touching because you can't do everything. And you won't. You won't do everything. You'll just kind of pick a strategy and say, all right, I'm going to go the strategy where I'm going to focus more on this theater track or I'm going to focus more on this market. And so I'm going to build this thing. And then once I build this thing, then it opens up a new track. Okay. That's the cool thing about this I game like is that. as you're building things, it opens up new tracks for you okay. to go up on, but you need to focus your attention. You can't do everything. Like okay. literally it's impossible to do everything. And then there's these victory point tracks, which as you move up on those, it opens up more opportunities for you to build these landmarks. Oh, I didn't mention this. One more thing I'll mention, then I'll be done. At the, after you've taken the card, everyone there, you flip over a common card where everyone gets those resources. Mm-hmm. I'm going to flip over, or I'm going to take two cards from my deck. Everyone has their own deck that's mm-hmm. you know shuffled up, and I take two of those. I decide one that's going to go into my tableau, and those are in-game scoring cards. Okay. The other one I'm going to keep for myself that gives you resources, and it also says um, a number on there for people to trade with you. And so you want to kind of maybe make it appealing for them to trade with you so you'll get their resources. But maybe you don't want to make it too appealing because if they get to trade with you, then they get to mark off more boxes. It gives them a lot more points. So there's that. But it, the game allows you to kind of, it guides you on a path based on what victory point cards you're taking into your okay. hand. It's a longer game for a solo. It's like 45 minutes. Not too bad. That's not that bad. It'll be longer. I was going to ask you how long it was. It'll be longer for your first game, I think. I think it probably took me in. Well, sorry. 30 to 60 minutes is what it says. It probably took me over an hour the first game. But now that I have it, it's it's actually not that difficult. It's just a lot of stuff. I like that. That was a big explanation. But I I, I wanted yeah. to. There's a, Yeah, I wanted to. Well, That's <laughs> I, I my nice. only explanation. I like the idea of having like phases. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I'm building this up and then something happens. You know, it's not just the same thing over and over and over and over again, which yep. I've, I, I enjoy that in games. Okay, that's the second person that said, you're really going to like this. Go get it. I'll teach it to you maybe in the next... That's a good idea. Because it's not, it's not cheap. It's not expensive, but like, let me see, look. It's, okay, Borderlandia, $41. So, and I say that to say like, oftentimes when we were talking roll and rights, we're talking $20, $30, thirty dollars right for a game right right. and so like that's that was one thing that i was like that put the pause button you can get a target actually it's fifty six dollars the target's website it's probably target's website um but like that was one thing that put the pause button on it because i was like oh it's 50 bucks is what i thought it was um and if i pay shipping that's what it's going to be is it i really want to like it if it's that much money because if I'm if I'm just buying it for solo, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. And it's one because there are so. But many you're things. saying I'm, it's totally worth it. There are so many things to do, but I think it's not one that 
It's not like I'm going to play it now and then I'm going to have a really difficult time if I pick it up six months from now. I don't think that's the case. I actually think it's it's pretty intuitive once you play through it a couple okay. times. I will say you're probably going to want me to teach you because I read through the rules and the rules are really well done, I think. It's just a lot because if you've Good. got that many tracks and you're trying to figure them all out, I would say maybe that's not the best way to learn the game. Maybe learn okay. a f- what a few of the things do and kind of focus on that and then expand your horizons as you play this game more and more. It's a lot to explore. Really cool game. I get, It's 8.1. It's ranked 184 overall, and I get it. This is a really cool game. All righty. That's two well, for two so for that's me it. for this. So we're going we're gonna, to, before I buy it, I'm going to play it with you. Yep. Let me, sorry, one more thing. I was going to look up the ancient, ancient anthology series from Garfield Games. So Raiders of Scythia is a top 50 game. This is a fantastic game. I'm really pumped to get the next one. Sounds good. All right. Next one up is a game we played today in the dark. Silver and gold. <laughs> Tell me about that. Speaking of rolling rights. Like that? Um, okay. So this is a Phil Walker Harding game. And I think Dean and I have similar fills about him. Phils. I see it? what you did there. Yep. Um, and that is actually Dean likes Phil Walker Harding probably more than I do, which he's done um, Sushi Go. He's done. Oh, my gosh. Summer, Emotap. Summer camp is Sum, one of okay. Barron Park. But yeah. yes, there you go. So, archaeology. Archaeology, there you go. Cacao. Yeah, yeah. You want me to keep going? Yeah, I, I, Cacao would be my favorite of his games. Um, generally speaking, he is brilliant at making a simple game that's fun. Mm-hmm. I, I, I do. Like, there's certain people, like, I'm like, wow, he does. Like, if you want a lightweight game that you're going to have a good time playing, I think Phil Walker Harding does phenomenal at that. And so, is that silver and gold? Well, silver and gold is a Pandasaurus in Phil Walker Harding game. And in this game, what you're going to do it is pretty straightforward and simple. You're going to have two cards in front of you that uh, I think you're like pirates going for treasure or something like that, but really it's polyominoes. And you're, they're going to be worth different points from 8 to 14 points if you can fill in every square on this shape. Fill in. That's it. Okay. Every square. And so I'll be... F- flipping over a card and it's going to have a four square box you know tet- it's just tetris piece you're flipping over and you're going to be marking those off and if you complete a card you put it in your complete pile and you take another one from the display of four cards there the only catches are there's three different things that could show up on a card so it's not just i fill in all those and i'm done if you cross off an x you get to mark off another box anywhere on either card that you have if you cross off a palm tree you get a point for that palm tree plus any palm trees that are in the display finally if you cross off a coin uh, you're going to mark that off on your card and those are worth one point apiece. but also when you get a row complete of four you're going to get to write a number in for the cup that's still available meaning the first person that gets four coins gets to get six points in their cup the second person gets five points four, three, and two. So the, the longer it takes, the less points you're going to get. That's the entire game. What'd you think? It's a cool game. Yeah, yeah. I, I've heard of this and seen people say that they like it, but I, yeah. I honestly have never looked at anything on it. And it's a pretty cheap game. I think you said- I you paid $10 it. for it on Amazon. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty normal across the board. People have some used copies for sale of it. Uh, but yeah, this is, this is a really neat, exactly what I would expect from yeah. a Phil Walker Harding- design of a of a roll and write flip and write and um mm-hmm. you know i like polyomino games i like these uh small 
box games that are roll or flipping right. So mm-hmm. games that I'm writing things on. And this is, uh, this did it for me. I like it. Plus I won. So that helped too. There, yeah. You killed me. I was, I'm, I'm, I'm second best at this game every time. Now, in <laughs> a lot of times, in a lot of, yeah, I was gonna say a lot of times it's playing two players, <laughs> but even when I haven't played two players, I've come in second. Um, it is ranked 580 overall. How about that? Seven point two. That's really good. Yeah, seven point two. I would give it like a seven, seven and a half. It really kind of goes into that like point salad, you know, kind of like I like the game, fun. I'm not going to suggest it all the. Actually, I'd give it seven and a half out of ten. I think it's better than just seven. Sorry. Ooh, okay. I'm going to raise right. it up a little bit. I'm going to raise it up because I, I like polyominoes too, and I like how super fast this is to teach people. Mm-hmm. Super fast, and the game everyone's writing at the same time, is pretty quick. A two-player game, Dean and I knocked out in 15 minutes. I taught it to my wife's family, and I didn't play because it's only four players, and there were four that wanted to play. And it was a little longer because there were a player or two that, well, one that can, you know, like to take their time a little bit. Right. And I kept thinking, eh, it kind of slows down the speed of the game a little bit, but it, it's they liked it. I taught it to eight, nine people, and every one of them liked it. Yep. None of them said, "Oh, I can't wait to play this again. It's amazing." But right. everyone had a good time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I I think I'm in that same boat. And again, I'm wanting to play a ton of these, and I've been playing a lot. There's a lot more that I've been playing of these lately, but I'm not going to talk about them today because I'm hoping to get at these at, at some point. I'm basically on this mission to complete all the roll and write, kill and go. write games of all time. Hey, that's it, not really my mission, but what well, also doesn't take up a lot of table space. So I played it at, we have uh, doing this beer club thing and I brought it out and we played it on this table that wasn't that big and had no problem. Yeah. And we just played it on a small table today, Dean. So I like that. It kind of gave me the feel, not the game itself, but the, the, what you're talking about, the aesthetics and, Mm -hmm. and like how it lays out of rolling realms, the, the Stonemeyer one where you're drawing on the cards cards and and stuff, you know, it's small table space. The more players you have, the more table you need, but it's still not that much. Yeah, if you want a simple, easy-to-teach, cheap game, it's absolutely a no-brainer. Go pick that up for like $10 on Amazon. All right. Now, a game, we're, we're just keep we're going to keep rolling, all right? Go, baby. The game type that I've been wanting you to play for a long time, and you've been wanting to play, is a hidden movement game. Mm-hmm. You said, and I don't mm-hmm. know if this is true. I think you figured out that you probably have played a hidden movement game. But, but for a while, you were like, I don't think I've ever played a hidden movement game. And so... Yeah, we I think we had played... Uh, Scotland Yard. I think me and you played that one time. That might be right. Okay. And then um, were we saying that Mr. Jack is hidden movement as well? Right. Right. Because so, I thought yeah. that. Yeah. Because because JD asked me the other day, and I was like, I know I've played a couple, and I think those were the two that I had played previous to. Yep. And this, this one. one is Sniper Elite, mm. which is the new hotness. Now I wanted to get this pew, played. Pew, 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 pew. There we go. Yep. I wanted to get this played because this was uh, a game that could have potentially made my 2022 list. Unfortunately, I didn't get it played before we did that list, so I don't know if it would have made it or not. We'll have to talk about that at another time. But in this game, one person is the sniper, and the other person, I'm going to say this is a two-player game. We played this in two, is going to take on three teams of three characters. Now, if you have a total of four players, then each player is going to take on one of those teams, and then one of the players is going to be a Sniper. This is a, by the way, a David Thompson and Roger Tankersley game, um, which are fantastic designers as far as I'm concerned. And so in this game, you've got two objectives that you're going to complete if you're the sniper and you are hiding from everyone else. Sometimes you're going to be sniping people. Mm -hmm. And if you 
are bad at sniping, you might reveal your location by doing that. Um, that's possible. Uh, but basically, what you're going to do is you're going to walk around, try to land on these different objectives and complete them, and then move on to the next one. If you do that, you're going to win the game. If you get hit twice by the enemy, you're going to lose the game. The enemy can attack when they're in the same space as you, but they're also going to be able to locate you if you're right next to them, or they'll be able to set, tell what sector you're in. There's four different sectors, I think, three or four. And they can, they can say, hey, are you in this section? And if you are, then you can kind of narrow it down that way. Um, but you've also got these cards that do different things. I might, you know, set traps for you. I might be able to, you know, sneak past you or something with a card that I have. And that's the gist of the game. The game is actually a pretty, pretty easy to understand game. Mm -hmm. And it can be a fairly short game, 40 to 70 minutes. Although it took us a pretty decent amount of time because we went the entire game. I lost on the very last turn. You have 10... You Dean said I lo he lost because I was stupid. Yes. Because <laughs> I didn't go into his trap because I just didn't notice it. <laughs> That's exactly right. I set you up perfectly, but maybe you're maybe you're an evil genius is what you are. I think so. You have 10 turns to complete the first objective, but then once you've completed that, then it resets and you have 10 turns to complete the next one after that. And what happened was I made it to the very last spot. I made it to my second objective on that space, but I needed one more action to be able to complete that objective. You only get to take one action, and the action I had to take was to shoot John because, because he was in the way of the, of the objective. He knew, he figured out, uh, he, fig he narrowed it down to two objective possibilities mm -hmm. and went heavily in the one and, mm -hmm. and guessed correctly. Mm -hmm. And so he had most of his troops in that area, yeah. which made it very difficult for me to, he just kind of blocked the space and I can't, you can't go through their space. Yeah. And so it made it difficult for me to get to that. You got closer to winning than I thought though. I thought I've got you. I know where you're going. I'm just going to put all my dudes there. And yeah. So I, I, I kind of didn't like that about the game. A little bit, like it was a little disappointing, but then I was surprised that you still almost came and won. Yeah. Back and won. So I was like, okay. And I really would have won. So John said in his mind, or out loud, you were, he was talking out loud, talking through his turns. We did that on purpose to kind of simulate, you know, mm -hmm. what he's thinking if he was talking with other players. But what happened was I was in this spot, kind of in the corner of a room, and John said, okay, you can be here or you can be here. I wanted him to come attack me in my spot because it would have opened up a, it would have opened it up for me to go and complete that objective. He had to move. He had a guy like sitting over by the objective. He would have had to have moved that guy over and attack me, which would have set me up to go win the game. Yeah. But he didn't do that. No. And, but I will say this. The other thing was, was I was like, why don't I just hunker down here? Yes. Like I, I didn't, I kind of misunderstood something what he said, but I don't know if I would have moved anyways. I probably wouldn't because I was like, if I hunker down, how can you beat me? Yes. Because I needed one more turn. Yeah. Now I could have, I could have shot you and then, you know, been able to do that. So what I did is I ended up shooting his character that was on the objective and then I moved into that spot, but you have to have another action to be able to complete yeah. that. So that's right. It's uh, what do you, what do you think, John? Yeah. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's. I don't think it's my style. Yeah, I know you really like the hidden movement games. Um, you know, JD recently told me I have to play Letters to Whitechapel, uh, which I would I, I would because he recommended it. But I don't know. It just it was. I didn't have a bad time, but I mean, I could care less to play it again. Mm -hmm. 
What do you think? You liked it, didn't you? I love this game yeah. quite a bit. Yeah. And I, I know that I like hidden movement yep. games. I've played a ton of them and, and enjoy really most of the ones. Yeah. You really, I mean, you even like the Clue one, right? The Clue Museum Caper is a fantastic yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really enjoy that one. This one actually kind of felt similar to that because you have, when you first play this game, you're like, so I'm one guy versus nine. You have nine characters versus my one. There's no way that I'm going to win this game. And so, the game is so tense yeah. from start to finish. I think for both sides, but especially in all of these games, if you're the one running, you're the one that's going to feel really stressed out mm-hmm. the whole time. Because there were multiple times I was like really wanting to bait John into go one direction, and he wouldn't. And so then he, he really stayed with me the whole game. There was only one time where I was able to sneak past, but then very quickly he figured out where I was. Yeah. And... And, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it's, but they didn't stop you from getting really close to winning. Yeah. Even though I knew. Yeah. And I, so I watched a playthrough of this before we played, this was, um, David Thompson and Roger played, I don't remember what channel this was on. They were playing against somebody on their channel. Maybe it was, um, uh, uh, Grogan, Paul Grogan's channel game. Oh goodness gracious. Paul Grogan. I watch his channel all the time, but anyway, I think it was him playing. You've, you've made him gaming game rules, gaming rules. There we go. There we go. Okay, so that's funny. I just called the Paul Grogan channel. Apparently. Well, I mean, that's, that's yeah. Okay, I watched them play it, and on the very first turn, they figured out where he was, and shot him on the f- second round. Okay, and you're like, he's toast. There is no way that that he's going to win this win. game. He did not win, but it was really down to the wire, and probably a mistake that he made for it to not win. But that's that this game is so clever when you're first and you might, you might be sitting at home thinking, I love these style of games. I've watched videos on this, but I can't imagine that you would ever have a chance as the sniper. And you do, you really do. It's just, it's incredibly difficult. And, and there's different maps too, which change it up quite a bit. The, the open outdoor map supposedly makes it a little bit easier for them because they can travel faster down the road. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to try that. I want to try all these. I've not played this solo yet. I want to try that and see. I've heard it's really easy on solo, but who knows? I, I really like this game. I, you know, I think I would rather maybe hold off my thoughts until I played the other role. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah, going to give. You, I'm sense. just saying, like, sense, yeah. like uh, let me not ref- let me rephrase that. I don't mind saying, like, I, I bef- concluding thoughts of, yeah, I felt like yours seemed a little bit more interesting, the role, but a lot more nerve-wracking it is at the in, same time. in all of those games i feel yeah. that way i usually want to be well okay i usually want to be the one running but at the same time it's so stressful so yeah. stressful when they start getting close to you on the very first turn of the game john said he used the whatever that action is to to test a uh, segment of the board so he said mm-hmm. i'm going to look in the red area because dean loves using the color red i bet he's in there Sure enough, I was there. So the very first round, you've narrowed it down yeah. to a quarter of the board, and and you had an idea of where I was going. So, That's right. Yep. Uh, we'll try this one again. I love this one. Now, we also had a chance to play uh, a series of games, kind of. Brazil, Imperial, and Scythe. We're going to put these ah, together. We're not going to do, do, do a full showdown of these, though, okay? Okay. Because I want to play Brazil again. I've played Scythe ah, a ton. We're never going to do a... This is it. No, this is it. I'm just saying I'm not going to put the music to it. Partly because it makes it a lot more work to add that extra music ah, in. Ah, boo. All right. It's a showdown between Brazil, Imperial... Showdown in Meeple Town. And Scythe. 
ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this is the moment you've been waiting for, where we will pit similar games against each other and each decide which one is the best. This is the showdown in Meepletown. Okay, what game? So you did or you didn't add the music? <laughs> we'll, we'll see how much time I have, I guess. Yeah, yeah that's okay. I've got a little more time to, it's good, it's good. to do this one, I guess. All right. Let's talk about Brazil Imperial. I'm going to let you talk about this first since you're the one who actually taught me the game. I probably could talk about it well enough, but... You've... Uh, and I've no, also you've played, played it since then. I've played it twice. I've played it twice. One solo and then and then the game with you. But it's been a minute since i played it, so this is a portal game, right? It is a portal mm-hmm. game game. Okay, so in this game... Oh, i got to wrap my mind around what's going on again. You have out on the board... You, well, you have a board that you can actually configure different ways, kind of different scenarios and setups. And they have that in the back of the book. Um, and which I do like that because you're going to have different set scenarios for two players versus three or four, which definitely like shrinks the board and causes, you know, maybe some conflict. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is, this is a Forex game, right? This is what they're marketing it as, right? Forex like Euro. Forex Euro. In, in particular. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So <clears throat> in the vein of Scythe, and that's why we're comparing them. That's right. So on your turn, you are going to um, do something similar to Scythe, right? You're going to place your piece on one of, I'm trying to see, five sections on the board? No. I'm not looking at that. No, there's seven. There's seven things. Close. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, seven things that you can do. But it's like Scythe in the sense of you can't do the same one twice. You can't say, hey, I'm going to stay right here. And you're going to kind of do 4 xy stuff, right? You're going to send troops onto the board or you're going to build buildings you're going to get cards that could um, give you perpetual bonuses or do different things like that you're going to collect resources from the buildings uh, that you have out there or even potentially like upgrade those trade resources do different things like that but ultimately what you're doing is you have three cards that you'll have at the beginning of the game one for each era that's going to have objectives for you to complete it may be like you need to have two um plantations out on the board or something like that right and some and something else and this type of a troop on the board and when you've done that you complete that objective and you say hey i'm done everybody and end of era one is over and i think one thing that's kind of interesting is you only have a certain amount of buildings that you can build in the first era then whenever dean finishes even if he finishes his card first it doesn't mean that i can't finish my era one card but it does mean the whole game enters into era two where then now several more buildings open up. And then finally, error, 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 three, I'm making a lot of errors. Uh, three <laughs> happens, and then there's even more, you know, kind of buildings that take place. In the midst of going and spreading out and building your buildings, there can be times where Dean attacks me and comes into uh, adjacent to one of my territories or onto a territory and starts to shoot and tries to take over that space. Um, whoever, but it stays mine in my own empire, but he could like, control that which can give him victory points at the end of the game if he's controlling at that point or he also then controls the resources that are on that so maybe he wants to go and get the resources that are on that place that's good enough i think okay i i am sad this this is what i was thinking about the entire time you were talking when we talked about silver and gold i was going to bring back gus chiggins voice and i forgot oh i'm glad but there's gold there's gold mines in this game right so we're gonna bring back old gus chiggins get out of here Old prospector. This is over. Oh, peaches. All right. Oh, my gosh. We're not going to do that the whole time. So 
Let's talk about what we thought of this one, and then we'll talk about Scythe. We don't have to talk as much about Scythe. I think more people have played, have played that. that. And we've talked about it a ton on here in the past. But oh, so, uh, Briefly, if you have, don't know anything about Scythe, you're going out and you're doing similar things by gaining resources and all that stuff. But it's more objective driven to who can get there the fastest, I think. You think? <laughs> well, yes. Yes, but okay. they both do that. I just so it too is too far ahead. No, no, yeah. no, 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 no. I think that that was a good place to go. That that's you know where a lot of the comparisons come in. It is a race. There's more objectives to get in Scythe, and they're public objectives that you're trying to complete. Like everyone's trying to complete them at the, the same, same time, ones. but you know exactly what those objectives are. You it's are. like battling, winning two battles, or um, you know, getting all your mechs out there, whatever. Okay, yeah. all those different ones. But it's the same idea of all the way upgrades. that you the yeah. way that you take the actions. I'll take an action here. Mm-hmm. I can't go to the other. I can't go to that same spot twice. You take the top action and then potentially the bottom action to unlock different things That's right. in the game. Both of them also have this like Cold War kind of feeling. You mentioned that there is battling in this. There is that conflict. Mm-hmm. But it's not always the best thing to do. Yeah. You might not want to do it because it, it makes you more vulnerable in the future for, yeah, for and attacks. You're, you're like... Oh keeping your troops on that hex to own it. And then, yeah, so I can come like, oh, fine, go ahead, take that one. I'll just take some of yours. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's kind of the gist of, of how both of those work. But what, yeah. what do you think? Let's talk about Brazil. First okay. About okay. You, you already said of. that and I skipped ahead. No, no, so no. That was, that was good. That was okay. Good. So I like it. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, I thought it was interesting that when you complete your eras, you don't get that many points. Did you notice that? Like, it's like, you might maybe a point or two. Now, this isn't a game where you're going to score hundreds of points, like point salady like that. I can't remember what our scores are, like 70, 80 points or something like that, mm-hmm. maybe. So, like, so, but so to me, I was like, that's interesting. That's not a huge benefit to completing it first. Like, right. it is some points, but like, if you just focus on all I'm going to do is just race to this objective, which I feel like there's more of a bonus for that in Scythe. Um, now, that's as long as you're increasing your, um, Popularity. Pop- popularity, yeah. If you're not increasing popularity inside, then you might not want to finish the game because you might want to, you know, obviously increase that because that's a... But in this one, I was like, okay, that's interesting. Um, and I don't know if I liked that or not because I didn't feel this pressure to get it done faster, which I want. I like the objectives where you're like, oh my gosh, I better get it. Um, and I better get it as fast as possible. I don't think I felt that in this game. Um, I did like the card play. I thought that that was, made the game quite more interesting with a ton of variability because you're going to have, you know, different cards that are going to give you bonuses for, you know, whenever you're collecting a certain resource or, you know, whatever it may be, it could be military bonuses, all different kinds of things. And there's a temptation. Those are worth two points a piece to go get a bunch of those Mm -hmm. because they can really open up the game. But if you do that, I think the game's really well balanced. If you do that, then you're going to obviously struggle with building and doing different things like that. So uh, I thought the card play was cool. Um, you say it's balanced and that that is probably accurate, but you have to play to your strength of your character. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes you, if you don't do that, it's not going to pay off really well. Like I think so. Whenever I had my two to choose from or whatever, I chose Napoleon because that was the right. Is that who I chose? Somebody like that who who's more battle focused or can use the battle cards to their advantage in a lot of other ways. But if I chose the other one, I don't think my first game I would have used them as well. I didn't see the benefit. But then after the game, I was like, oh, okay. I see how that would have played out really well. So you just need to lean into those a little bit to make yeah. them work for you, which is like any game like that, right? Lean into the to the strengths of your characters. Yeah, I, I like you mentioned this. 
a minute ago, but I like the multi-use cards that you're mm-hmm. talking about. Those battle cards and the gold cards. It's cool, and it's neat because you have two different sets of them, and but you can only hold on to so many. Four of them, maybe? Is that right? Three, three or four, whatever three, it is. Yeah, maybe. But some of them offer in-game scoring, and so that becomes mm-hmm. a challenge. Do I want to keep this card? And you're clogging your hand up. And, I, and I'm, you know, if I have all of those cards, then I won't be able to get any benefits throughout the game. So that's that's really cool. I like that a lot too. Yeah, um, yeah. I thought that was good. I I wasn't. So there's some explore spots on the map too, like that have question marks. I, I thought that was cool but i was i don't know if it was like wow how did you feel about that because i know you're a big like explorer did it did it give you the feels or was it just kind of a afterthought to you or somewhere in between maybe well you know i'm gonna explore every chance yeah. i can get so even if it's not that interesting it's still something I'm was it interesting it was yeah okay. not not as interesting as scythe for sure not as interesting as scythe and not as interesting as a lot of other games that have this sort of exploration thing but interesting enough that I wanted to go do it, but I also didn't feel like I need to race out and get those so I can kind of build up my kingdom instead of having yeah. to send out my uh, my characters, my warriors or troops or whatever. You know, I don't. I didn't necessarily have to like race them to those spots. I could yeah. have taken my time to get out there. So yeah, I think they're. In, I think they're. I think there's other games that it's more interesting, but there are some interesting ones. So there's some that you flip over, you're like, eh. But then there's some that's like, hey, the first to get five military power here gets X amount of points, which could be huge. Yeah. And when some well, those are like explored and found, you're like, oh wow, oh crud, I need to get some more guys out there. Um, but I, it's weird because I felt, which I think is a positive thing, I felt like the game is very well balanced. Where I'm like, if I don't get that, I could score points by getting two buildings out. Like how it to me, it just felt all about efficiency. Yes. What's the fat like? What's the best way to score the points? And there's multiple ways to score points. And I may say, let's have Dean. Let's let Dean get that because that's going to take him three or four turns. I could build three buildings, which is worth six points, or two build four two buildings that's worth four, and it's basically a wash. And I like my positioning better mm-hmm. because I like the way my buildings are now. And I kept feeling feeling that in the game. And, you know, it's like Scythe where you're like when you're moving your thing over, it's like when is the most optimal time to do this. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. and, and it is like that. Now, with these, I'm going to go back to the scoring for just a second. That scythe piece of racing up those, you know, to get those mm-hmm. different things is very tense. I actually, I really like the scoring in scythe. I like scoring in scythe better, and that's one of my favorite I, things I about t- scythe. I totally agree. Okay, let me let me caveat this by saying I, you know, scythe is a top what five game for a three game maybe i think is sometimes um i didn't realize it was that high for you I, I think it's top five i don't remember exactly where it was but i am awful at scythe i mean really bad like i never win even against the computer player i rarely ever win and and that's uh probably saying something because i'm guessing I need to the play AI you more is not, then yeah you just beat, boost my confidence anytime we've played we've played probably three or four times maybe just the two of us and i've I've never beat you. I don't think. I don't know. You you destroyed me in this last. Jonathan game that whipped we us when we played him mm-hmm. that one night. I mean, it wasn't yeah. close. We should have ganged up on him. I I, I still know. have dreams about that. But anyway, uh, <laughs> but I think I like the scoring in in Scythe better, and it feels more tense. But this, For but sure. Brazil felt tense the entire time too. Even though you say that you're not getting a lot of points from those objectives, it's something to work towards. And I don't want you to complete yours. And me have not completed mine, and so for me, and you could pick up more of those objectives too, which adds, that's possible. You know, yeah. add some some kinks in there as well. But uh, I still felt very tense this whole game. So, a uh, couple things about BGG: it's weighted at three point oh two. Agree? Disagree? 
I'd say agree. I agree with that. Maybe maybe slightly higher. Okay, I would say the same exact thing. It's already ranked 990 overall. Oh, wow. Okay. And 7.8. I am not... I thought it was fun, and I enjoyed it. I don't think it stood out enough from Scythe or... Mostly Scythe. Let's just be straight up for me to go, I need that one too. I vastly fairly significantly prefer Scythe over this. Yes. And it and it has to do with the way the end game scores with the popularity and the race two feels more tense and that middle spot in the board, you know, is really tense and scythe. And so I felt when I was playing this, I was just kind of, it was kind of one of those this is fun. I mean I did I enjoyed the game. But I was like, I'd rather just be playing Scythe. Here is one thing that and I, I sold did my have... copy to Dean immediately. One thing it did have going to me, and who knows, it might end up leaving the collection because they are similar enough, yeah. and and they are. They, it's hard to get around that. But there are some cool things. I like the action selection part probably mm-hmm. better in in Brazil. Okay, the way that the movement goes along with that, you have to think. You know, do I want to take this spot because it allows me to move faster? But I don't necessarily need to take this action. I kind of like that. I like the building in Brazil maybe better than like putting out your your workers out and taking those yeah, actions. That, some, some aspects, I don't of it, dis- not all aspects. Yeah. But, um, I don't super disagree about that, yeah. The, the way that you take the action to uh, create resources on those, all, all that's pretty similar, but it's it's different enough. So there's some aspects of, of Brazil that I, I do like better, mm-hmm. but overall I, I would pick Scythe every time too. It's the production I, I think is better, although production of Brazil is fantastic. Bright, beautiful mm-hmm. colors, the art's really well done on here the meeples are all custom and just beautiful it does feel a little more abstracted because your warriors are not like actual warriors you know and mm-hmm. and your workers you know they, like there's some things like that that kind of take the theme away from it a little bit it's it feels a little more abstracted but yeah i still I'd, really like it i'd probably give it about a seven out of ten you'd go higher than that I think. for sure yeah i'm yeah. more i'm probably like an eight and a half on this maybe i would be just really curious as to what my feelings would have been like if this was first. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it it definitely. I have to. I hate to say this, but it almost. It almost feels like a slight rip off of Scythe. Yeah, I, I, like, I, I wouldn't like, disagree you know, like, with like, that. Like, like, or let me rephrase it: in both a rip off or I like Scythe, but I want to improve it, and that may be the that may be the thought behind it as well. So that's not a real. That's not a knock on the design or anything in the sense of it's just this is why I'm not as excited about it. Yeah. You know what's you funny know? is what the comments that you'll hear are this is a light version of Scythe is what it is. No. No. It's funny because I, I think what people are looking at is the weight. It is slightly lighter on here, but I don't feel like it is. Nah. And maybe it's because I've pay, played Scythe so much, but it did not feel enough to I think I can teach side easier game. than this if I've, I'm just talking about teaching the game I would agree with that yeah, yeah. I agree with that there's a lot of a lot more fiddly things in this one that Scythe is a, is a more smooth game I, I, and that's another piece and that's that's I do get that with a lot of portal games right yep. a little bit of fiddliness mm-hmm. and sometimes a lot of fiddliness yeah a lot Yeah, and that's what actually I've cooled on wanting like I was really wanting 11 uh, the football soccer whatever you know mm-hmm. whatever game and I I've cooled on. I don't think I'm going to get it because I just read a lot of people say it's very fiddly. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, that's kind of turns me off. Like, I guess my favorite portal game is Predaporte probably. And even that has a little bit of fiddliness. 
Um, oh, I love a lot of yeah. those card games. That and they I, have. Empire, Empires of the North is fun and stuff like that as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that was, so if you don't like that, I'm just trying to help people, you know, like mm-hmm. if you're like, mm, I don't like, I don't like a little fiddle. It's got a little fiddliness in this. It's not bad. Yeah. It's really not bad. Um, and I don't know. I don't know. Like if you love Scythe, would you want to, would you, would you be like interested in this? Cause it's a different type. Like if Scythe is your favorite game, of course, that's how kind of where you're at. It's not your yeah. favorite, but it's really high. So, do, so are you conflicted or not at all? You're just like, you know, it's, it's a little different. So I like a little variety. It changed. Yes. That that's exactly what it is, John. It's a variety thing. If you, if you play Scythe it. all the time and you want something that might be a similar experience and not, I don't think it's like a significantly worse game. It's just, it's different, different enough, you know? Yeah. So that that's kind of why I'm holding on to it, and and who knows, I I say this, and then a month, two months down the road, I'm like, eh, okay, never mind, I was wrong about that. I'm not getting it played. It needs to go out. So it could be, yeah. I I, I wondered. I kind of wonder that. But it's a really good game overall. Now let's talk about some really great games. Which okay. oh, by the way, Brazil did not make my top twenty two list. It would have. I think I mentioned this in that episode. Okay. It didn't make my list because it's listed as a 2021 game. And so in future list, it helps me to be able to differentiate that. So if we go back and do a 2021 list or whatever, this probably would be on would it. Would be on there. Okay. I would say so. It would not make mine, but it, nah. But it would, I mean, it, it's not like way off. Like I did enjoy the game. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's, it felt to me like I get feelings when people make the card games of something else almost like yeah. they try to change a few things and I'm just like, yeah, that's fun, but I'd rather just play this other one. Sure. And then it makes it really difficult for me to say it's top 10 or whatever. Yeah. No, I get that. I get that. By the way, we, I don't know if we mentioned this. The time frame is pretty much the same. It's, it's pretty close. All right. We're going to talk about our top games of 2022 collectively. Game-o games. <laughs> It is time. It's time, John. I said game o games as we went out. I don't know what that means. Do you think uh, Do you think people have an idea of what our favorite games yeah, are? Yeah, I mean, this here? is not that exciting. I'm more excited about. Brief. I've been. I keep looking at fit to print, and I'm just interested. <laughs> that's the That's the Tiny Towns guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. I, I thought this might be one that would be interesting for you. Oh yeah, the, the art is fantastic on that. Mm-hmm. It looks really, really beautiful. So. We did our top list last episode, correct? And so this one, we really, we considered tacking this on to the end yeah. of that episode, but we really wanted to play some of these again just to make sure we were in the right headspace for them. So the top two, we replayed recently. Yeah, and we also had made the decision that we're going to talk about a lot of other games in case this is not as exciting for other people. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, but we did. The, the, the interesting thing is, is this is going to be fresh thoughts on some of these games because we played two out of the three last week or the week before. I can't remember something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I don't Monday, know. Either. Maybe. I think it was last week. I think we that's didn't get, right. Yeah. Okay. We should have recorded it instead, I guess. But. So, what's our number three <laughs> Meeple Town game? This is a game that we both really enjoyed. We've played this multiple times together. You've played this more than I have. It made both of our list. It was number six on my list, I believe, and number one, one on my list on John's list. Absolutely. Why don't you say it, John? What is Mosaic, it? Mosaic, Story of Civilization. That's right. Um, you know, we've talked about Mosaic, so I'm not going to go and you know talk about all the details of what it is, but I'll, let me say why I just love it, and it was my number one game. I really like the way that the uh, tableau building works with the icons. I think that's really interesting, but I get that in a lot of other games. But what makes it more interesting is the way that works in conjunction with 
the spreading out onto the map and the tension that seems to be there a lot in the game of when do I take X, Y, or Z? Mm -hmm. And then the constant tension of the Empire scoring could come out. And if that comes out, wow, Dean's going to get a lot more points than me right now. So I feel like there's... And it's got this whole, like, a lot of small decisions build up to something big. Yeah. Like, I don't feel like... I feel like if I screw up a decision, it's not the end of the world. It's not that. But if I am if I make several mistakes in a row and stuff, I could position myself in a bad place for the Empire scoring or whatever it, it may be. So there's this constant, like, tension, but I'm not stressed out. Mm-hmm. And I like that about it. Like, I like that tension. But there's some games it's, like, tense and I'm stressed, like, the whole time. I don't feel that. But I don't feel like I just have oh, this is so fun. I'll move this piece here and move this piece. Like, I'm like, oh man, if Dean takes that card, that's going to really stink for me. Yep. So yeah. I, I just love it. All the, all the things work together for a beautiful game. Yeah, I, I agree with this one. I, I think having played this more, it may have risen up a little bit. I don't think it would have risen to top three. Yeah, it wouldn't have. Those were far and away better games in, yeah. my, in my opinion. But I really like... Honestly, the quickness of this game and the tension of of those objective cards is is where it was at for me. Yeah, it, you know, it's it's really, really cool. I, I've gotten to where I love games more, where you just take an action, you're done. The next person takes an action, they're done, and yep. you know, and that's thank you for pointing that out. Um, that is something, and I've repeated this on the podcast over and over. I think that fast turns is a huge turn on for me. Yeah. Like that's what I liked about silver and gold. Boom, draw some things. Let's go. Let's let's keep the pace up. I I don't like when there's a ton of downtime, mm-hmm. unless it's just super crunchy and I have ch- and I've got some time to crunch. But I really prefer something that's a little quicker pace. And that's how that game felt. Yeah, it absolutely does. It's funny. I was. I'm watching- sure you could AP that. Oh, I could do this. Could do this. Do this. Do this. Do this. Especially in a two-player game. Yeah. You know, I I had some issues with the production that slow the gameplay down. If you get the deluxe version, you don't have those same issues, and so I would imagine it plays even faster with the deluxe just because of some some key things. You can listen to that review when we did that. But anyway, that is Mosaic, our number three collective game. I was going to mention too, Dice Tower. Tom talked a lot about that with quick turn games as something that he's really enjoyed. I, I think that's, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a good, it's a good. It is. I'm, it, and that's, and that's why, let's make a segue. That's why. To our number, number two. Number two is number two. Foundations of Rome. There is it is. Collective number two. This was my number two. This was John's number two. Mm-hmm. Correct? Right? We, this, this, we, we dropped a deuce all <laughs> over this game. <laughs> Three deuces. John's number two, my number two. And a collective, Our collective number, number, two. number two. That's that's adorable. It is. So in this game, if you've played uh, like New, New York 1901, it has a similar feel. You're going to be taking plots out on. The, you're going to be acquire. You're going to be acquiring. You're going to be. You're going to be. I'm talking about the game acquire. Oh, okay. Oh, gotcha. It's very yeah, similar, yeah. It except is. for you get to draft or pick rather than just rando. Here's some tiles, which yes. I don't like in acquire. Yeah, yeah. This one you're going to pick out your different deed cards and you're going to put your marker out there. Once you have your marker out there, you're going to be putting buildings out there. The buildings give you money. They'll give you population. They'll give you point scoring abilities. And then at the end of each era, you're going to score. Uh, all of your different civic buildings and your different stuff that you have on your board. Really simple game, super simple to teach. What really elevates this game for both of us, I would say, is the base game is is really fun, 
but it would not have made our list probably as our top three collective game. It may have made, it, it would have, it, it would have made my top 10, but really elevates this game are some of those different modules that you have in there. You've got mm-hmm. monuments that add in these different buildings that you can both try to get. You have uh, different player cards, which, you know, give you these, these different abilities, which I think is really cool. These other deed cards that go in there that aren't just plots of land, but they're also different uh, end game scoring or, uh, abilities that you can get during the game. There's lots of different modules, objectives that you add in there. All of those add for a really cool experience. It's weight at 1.95, but with those mm-hmm. modules, I would say it's there. actually probably more like a 2.5 with those modules, mm-hmm. maybe even higher than that. Honestly, it's it can be thinky with all that stuff in there, but it's still a pretty light experience overall. Yeah, and I, I think the, the decision space that is challenging is, it's all tactical pretty much when when do i take that plot b5 do i take it now and it's going to cost me five coins or do i wait because i don't think dean wants that and i can get it cheaper Mm -hmm. when do i place that building do i place the building now so that i can go ahead and get some income coming in or do i get some points coming in every single round when do i play you know what i mean like when do i take that monument if we do the expansion do i can I do it now? Does Dean not really want it? Cause if he doesn't want it, I could get that B five that I really want, mm-hmm. you know? And like, and that's that. And I love that about the game. I love how easy it is to teach and I, but it does have really interesting decisions yeah. about when to take things and in where to place them. But I mean, really like, when do I do that? When do I do that? Oh, and then the, um, I don't know what the expansion is called and you may mention it, but the one with the different cards on the display, so instead of mm-hmm. it just saying like the plot A3 or G7, there are these cards that can really change the game up, mm-hmm. which Dean like used it to switch my piece and his piece and really hose me at the end of the game. Um, most, there is a little take that in those cards, but if you, and if you don't like take that, you could take those cards out or just not even use that expansion. Yeah. And so you're not using all the cards from that module anyway. So you're right. You can pick and choose what you want in there. You just won't know when it comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, we've never played with the trade. That's one I've never played. And I don't know if I have that much interest in playing it, but maybe I would, I don't know I'd, where you can kind of trade things out and get plots that you didn't actually have before. So you have the tug of war on the population track. Mm-hmm. Now I would say I what, like if, if there's a, a flaw that I, I, that I don't love in this game, it is that two player element of that population track. You want to be in the lead, but you don't want to be too far in the lead because mm-hmm. As I get, like, I can be 10 in population more than John. And in a two-player game, John's just going to get how many points of on the track that I'm on. Mm-hmm. And then I'll get the bonus for that round as well. Yeah. I kind of wish that was different in a two-player game where you can get more points from that population track because then it makes it a little bit, a little bit more appealing to really skyrocket up that. Yeah. As it is, it's less exciting in a two-player game. So, but the game itself, phenomenal. Love it. It's it is so good. I I am I am an Emerson Masucci fan. I agree Masuki with that. Fan. I agree with that. Um, I really. I, I Century is the one set of games though that like I think it's a quality game, but it just didn't do it for me. I, I mean, I'm sorry. Century Spice Road. I did not play the rest of the 
the scenario, the other ones that he did. Yeah, if you if you combine all those other ones, John, it's a pretty cool experience. I would love to do that now. I, I, I I'm I'm a big fan mostly because of two games, and that is, and I did enjoy Century Spicer. It was fine, mm-hmm. mostly because of Foundations of Rome, and I love Reef. I think I feel like Reef is such a underrated. Yep. Like people do not talk. I mean, it's rate seven sixteen overall, but it's such a fun little tactical when do I take the cards crunchy puzzly super easy to teach game that plays fast with fast turns and I, I love it yeah I love that one I agree I agree with you on that it's a great game yeah. all right uh Glenn Dover was the designer of the other one by the way of uh Mosaic I don't know if we said that and then the last so. one is a game that may not be a surprise to you if you keep up with this one that we've been talking about it for will be to Jonathan a while one that Jonathan our buddy Jonathan hates yeah uh, or does not enjoy, he doesn't enjoy it. I don't know if he hates it, but that is Endless Winter Paleo-Americans. So this, this was your number one. My number one. John's my number, number three. three. So yeah. you can see how close these were. In our, we, we had actually, a debate. We, we had a huge debate, but I don't think it was like we weren't, we weren't upset. Nobody, I don't think anybody would have cared which one would have won in these. But we gave the nod to Endless Winter because it was one of our number one game and I don't know. It seems like that would make it a little Dean more Dean always beats me in this game. But you really like this game a lot, too. Sure, yeah. Like, we played it again, and I was a little concerned. And I think maybe after Jonathan played it, which I see eye-to-eye with him a lot, and he didn't like it, he only got one play, and that's what it makes me. And I don't know. I don't. Did he tell say if he played with expansions and stuff? Because I don't he, know. So let me, let me if, this, if I, we're talking about Endless Winter without expansions, I would say the same thing about Foundations of Rome. It would not be this high. It would not be our number one. Either expansion, by the way. So we, we've, we've played with cave paintings, and we've also played the rivers and rafts, I think is what that one's called. Rivers and raft, open, it makes the board the animals. a lot more interesting. Cave painting does a little drawing aspect, like you have this dry erase board that you're connecting these little pieces on and getting bonuses as you as you mm-hmm. complete those. And we've played with all of them at one time. I thought that was probably a little much. Yes. Like, not that it was hard. To, like, I thought it made, I kind of did cave paintings. He kind of did the river. Right, mm-hmm. and so it was less interesting. Whenever we picked one, the ri- like the river w- raft thing, like that was so much more interesting when we did that because now we're battling, mm-hmm. we're much battling for position and stuff out on that board. So I don't think I would play with both, and I'm, I'm not. No, but it's funny because I really like both of the expansions. I do too. too. If so. we had a higher player count, I might not be against it. Yeah, that's true. But if I'm that's just true. playing two v two, it kind of, yeah. It, it could be super easy for one player to do one thing and one to do the other. You mean one v one? I mean, sorry, sorry, yeah, one v one. But yeah, I mean, I so I was a little worried that it was going to slip, and I told Dean that, and we we're like, I really want to play this again. Same thing with Foundations Aroma. I just hadn't played it in a while, and no, I mean, I loved it. Dean whipped me at this, and I had a great time getting my bottom spanked. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 it was just fun, man. It's a great game. Um, yeah, the only knock I have on it is I don't feel like the building your deck with like the kind of common cards is that interesting it's now the the ones that are like what are they called the tribal community i don't know which ones the community the one set of cards the culture the culture culture cards are the ones that are different they are Mm -hmm. that's interesting the tribe cards or whatever where you have like five of the same ones every single game like the more i play it the less i'm excited about those because it's just okay i have a deck with a lot of those so you say that but you can trade those out and we have we've Mm -hmm. with the expansion stuff we've put all the new ones in but you can put 
new ones mixed I with the old ones, that. and so there is there I is elements. That. That's of, a great point of that. But it but again, they don't change. But you yeah. need them as the other part. Of sure, it. like especially you if you know some. I'm going to go heavy in this action. Yeah. Well, you need to have that the tribe card that matches up with that action yep. that you're going to take. Yeah. I'm just saying it's not as interesting. It's not uninteresting. As the culture cards. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the culture cards are really interesting. Mm-hmm. And those are super exciting to get. And they're not obvious. That's the cool yeah. thing. Sometimes about deck building games, you look at them and you're like, okay, what's the most expensive one? And that's the one that I want. Well, the culture cards, they don't work that way. No. Right? They they all have that same value. Some of them have different point values. But the actions are are so different and they're all, they all cost the same. You just take mm-hmm. the action and take one of those cards. But it it's not that this one's a ton more valuable. It just fits my style more. Yep. I really like that a lot. Mm-hmm. I like how those decisions are, are much more difficult than, okay, I'll say it. Then, then Dune Imperium, which I love. I love Dune Imperium. The decisions on the, on which cards you buy sometimes just come down to which one's more expensive. Cause that's probably going to be the powerful. better card. And I don't always like that in, in game. Now, again, that's not always the case. Yeah. But it it definitely factors in there. I think okay, that's cool. Um, this one I still like Dune better. I think if it was up to me, and mm-hmm. and I will admit that the theme probably does sway me a little bit. Yeah. Um. But I. But so if I were to rank, I would say this. Uh, sorry, Dune. This ruins lost ruins of arnak mm-hmm. if we're talking about games that are similar to this. How would you rank those? Yeah. So it's funny we've had this conversation before, yeah. and I think. We've actually ranked these before. So Endless Winter, then Lost Ruins of Arnak, and then then Dune Imperium. But Dune Imperium and Lost Ruins of Arnak are were both top fifty games. Lost Ruins of Arnak was close to my top ten. I don't know if it was in there. I I got to believe that Endless Winter, unless something crazy happens, top ten is a top ten game. It's for me. it's a top fifty, no doubt for me. Okay. which is great. Yeah. Um. Funny thing. Funnily enough, uh, my my friend JD, who me and he and I are ridiculously close in like what games we like guess what he prefers dune or lost runes of arnak because he just recently played lost runes of arnak arnak yeah has he played endless winter not yet yeah and i think he has it i think it's on his shelf of shame jd if you don't have it and you're listening you have to buy that if you like those two and i think you have it but like he was just saying he likes the deck building in lost runes arnak better Ooh, okay which i was like i'm exactly the opposite um, but that's that's a cool. I mean, that's a different perspective. I don't think I like the deck building better in Arnak, I, but I like the game better. I like the puzzle of that of game, it. and that's yeah. why Endless Winter has more of that puzzly nature than. There's a lot of things to do, and I mean, every time I sat down with Endless Winter and we first start playing, I said it again. I go, what do I want to do? Because mm-hmm. I can go work on like the megaliths. I can we can go down the river, you know. I can start building up my cards off the bat, which is kind of something I like to do. But oh shoot, I could go hunting and start building points and getting. You can slay the animals and get the meat, and you know what I mean. Like yeah. which there, I think there's a lot of paths to victory, and um, and that's why it gets the nod for me. Honestly, yeah, is it's, because it is cool with Lost Ruins of Arnak and Dune Imperium. They're more linear than what this game is. Yeah. Um, not that you can't get points in other ways. You for sure can, but I think this one has a lot more options than they are valid. The funny thing is you went the heavy explorer option this last time. When I say explore, I mean mm-hmm. fishing because fishing, you have all these fish tiles and they're random. You flip them over and you get the bonus or whatever. Yeah. You got a ton of fish in this game. And, and usually that's kind of the, the path that I go. Yeah. I, I thought I was just, I was just having fun. Yep. 
Yeah. You I, know what I mean? Who won that game? I, I'm you really did. Okay, I no, can't no. remember if you, I okay. You won, I think, you whipped me. Remember? I, 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 let me see. I'll go back to the tape, but I think you beat me by like 30 points or something. And you beat me in kill. Foundations of Rome, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you beat me by 30 exactly. Remember I said, oh, that's I right. said like that's right, 80% yeah. of the way through, you're going to beat me by 30 points, and you beat me by exactly 30 points. Yeah. And I beat you easily in Foundations of Rome. So like that was the day when it was like, I mean, no, it wasn't as easily. We thought that I beat you worse than it was. It yes. was 135 to 126. And then at the end, we're like, oh, wow, that was actually closer than either of us expected. Yes. Yep. That's right. Because it felt like you were doing things so much better than yeah. I was. And you were. You were doing things a lot better than I was. That was All a right. fun day. We both got to play two incredible games. Yeah. And um, and we split them. So that was that was cool. Yeah. So that is it. That is our... Great year. Can I, I say that? I agree. Can we say that 2022 was a fantastic... It's been a while since I had three games like this that I would say, wow, these are extremely three good three games that could make my top 50. Mm-hmm. And I'm not to say I'm not saying they will. I'm, I Yes, they will. So they, for, I, I really think they will. For well, me, they already close. They already did for me. So yeah, it's close. Wonderland's War was in my top. Yeah, it was in my top 25, I think. And so was Endless Winter and Foundations of Rome. So yeah, three games that really skyrocketed up the list. And I'm seeing that on other people's list too. And they're not the same ones. You know, I've seen a lot of people ready, set, bet was really high on, on Tom's list this year for, did uh, he have, um, endless winter on his list? I, I know some people did, but I don't know. I think it was Mike Delisio. Mike had it as his number one. And I think it was like already top 10 for him or something. That seems right. Really loved it. I remember seeing that and they didn't, I don't remember when he was talking about them acting like they were just in love with it as much as he was. Like, yep. I think it was kind of, but I, I, what a great, I think it's a great game, Jonathan. I, I really you wish it again. you would I try it again yes. and try it with the rivers and rafts expansion, which is my favorite expansion. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm not saying you're going to love it, but I am saying, I think you're going to like it better. It's just such a cool design. Love it. All right. That's going to do it for episode 120. And that, those are our games of the year. John T, tell people how they can get in touch with us. All right. If you are enjoying our podcast, we would love for you to rate it on Apple iTunes or um, Apple Podcast, actually. Sorry, or Google Play or Stitcher or whatever you're listening to it on. If you want to check us out on the social medias, it is um, Meeple uh, Town Games at Meeple Town Games on all the social medias. <laughs> Gosh, I'm Nailed butchering. It. It's been three weeks. <laughs> we, we, we had an extra week here oh, we've been doing if you want to support like what we're doing go to meeple slash patreon and we're board game geek guild 3407 you can buy me a cup of coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash meeple town nine. Oh goodness i didn't look that one up all that's right. right yep thanks for coming down to meeple town but it's the end of an era stay tuned <laughs>